Hello again, everyone. Welcome into Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Bienvenidos, bienvenu, bienvenuti, bienvindos. Aquí falamos sobre o jogo bonito. Here we talk about the beautiful game. And unfortunately, on Sunday, the beautiful game took a rather ugly turn. Man United fans went over the top Sunday to show their vehement displeasure to the unraveling of a proposed Super League last week. Man United is owned by the Glaciers of the United States, who also own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the NFL. After the Super League concept unraveled about as fast as it had appeared to come together, that is what triggered the breaching of one of football's hallowed arenas, which ranks up there with the Maracanã of Brazil and the Parc des Princes of Paris. Old Trafford, it's called, and it's got a personality all its own. And that personality has been honed over the years by the presence of Sir Alex Ferguson, contributed to its awesome aura. Three police officers unfortunately injured in this uh, attack on the stadium, and uh, there was damage done inside as well. There was film of a guy running around destroying camera equipment and people running around kicking the balls that the uh, teams used to warm up with before the game. The match was scheduled for a 4.30 p.m. local time kickoff. The breach was uh, occurred about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it got uglier from there. There were fans marching all around the stadium, carrying signs, setting off flares. There were about, at one point, 250 people inside the stadium. It was just a chaotic, bad scene. There are many ways to communicate with ownership if you're not happy with them, and the fans, unfortunately, just pick the way that should not be done. You can also... Uh, do a petition, you can do several things. But breaching a, a, a stadium where uh, lots of soccer memories have been made, uh, a hallowed arena where the football game is played, you need to respect the sport. And the fans did not do that on Sunday. I know the Man United fans are a little upset. Looking at the standings, Man United is uh, in second place. They don't like to be behind. Of course, Man City, who's fixing to wrap their hands around the cup uh, this week. Now, Unfortunately, if the game had been played with Liverpool and if Man United had tied or lost, Man City would have won the championship right there and then. But unfortunately, the, uh, the inevitable is being postponed. So hopefully the Man United fans will not take to the streets and act like they did on Sunday if uh, and when Man City decides they're going to win the championship. Uh, let's just hope that the, the situation calms down. Let's hope the Glaciers step in and can show some diplomatic side and maybe reach out to this fan base and see um, if they can help with the situation. Now, one interesting point came out of all this. Arsene Wenger, the retired coach of Arsenal, was asked about his opinion of what happened. And I have to agree with him. He said, I don't know if what we saw represents the majority of the Man United fans. That's a good point. And I think it's a point that we need to just leave it there at this point because I don't think the majority of the Man United fans really are up that upset. Old Gunner has done a great job with this team. He has uh, taken them to, to the highest level. But you got to admit, Pep Guardiola has done an, an excellent job with Man City, has put that team together, has got them playing above the clouds when it comes to football. So let's give credit where credit is due. Old Gunner has done a great job. There were times during the year where people were calling for Old Gunner's head. They wanted him fired because Man U maybe lost two or three games. But look where Man U is now. Okay, second place. I understand that they're behind the team. That's the arch rival cross city uh, demons, as you might say. But, uh, hey, okay, you're where you're at. You're where you're at. Take it. Leave it. Uh, team I played for, the owner had hands on. He was uh, right there at the field most of the time during practice. 
And uh, he was an open guy, always willing to talk. So maybe a little more presence by the Glaciers could help with the situation. I don't. I, I can't. I can't give the solution. But the thing is, the Man United fans need to step back, and the minority who were involved with this breach of Old Trafford on Sunday need to be punished. Need to be shown that this is not the right way to do this, and we need to move on and concentrate on football. We've got a World Cup coming up next year, folks, and England should be in the middle of it. Very good. Let's leave that for what it is. All right, other things going on. There was a championship crowd on Sunday in Europe. Inter Milan, now champions with a Scudetto. About the first time in about 10 years that they've won that uh, championship. Antonio Conte has done an incredible job with uh, Inter Milan. However, let me tell you something. And I pointed this out before, and I'm going to point it out again. Excuse me, because this guy needs to be given the spotlight. Romelu Lukaku from Belgium. This guy is a workhorse deluxe, and he has got Inter Milan. He got them to this. He put this team on his shoulders, and he worked hard every game to get Inter Milan to where they are, which is the champions. And let me tell you something. Next year in Qatar, Belgium is going to be there. And Romelu Lukaku, along with De Bruyne from Manchester City, those two are going to help Belgium. And I guarantee you, Belgium's going to be up in the top mix when it comes to the you know, uh, crying time or whatever it is, the, the crowning time for uh, for the team uh, in, in Qatar. Because Belgium is a good team. Roberto Martinez, one of the best coaches in the world. Belgium is a team to look out for. And Romelu Lukaku is the reason. This guy is amazing. So congratulations to Inter Milan and congratulations to Antonio Conti. Great job there. All right. Now, Americans in the news as far as world football is concerned. All right. We've been following the drama more or less about what's going on in Germany with uh, Joachim Lowe stepping down July 1st as the head of the national team. Hansi Flick has already been uh, designated as the uh, succeeding coach for the national team. So he's going to leave Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich is getting ready to win their championship in the Bundesliga, and it hasn't been done officially yet. Taking over for Hansi Flick at Bayern Munich when the time comes will be Julian Nagelsmann, a fellow German who has been coaching RB Leipzig. And RB Leipzig has been on Bayern Munich's tail all year in the Bundesliga. A great team, uh, and and Julian Nagelsmann has gotten the best out of them that you can imagine. So he will be taking over uh, Hertha Berlin, or rather um, Bayern Munich. Now, Let's talk about who's going to take over RB Leipzig. Well, let's look across the way into Austria and look at uh, Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh has been at RB Salzburg, and he has got them kicking butt in the Austrian league. And so guess what? Jesse Marsh, an American, is going to take over RB Leipzig of the Bundesliga. Hmm. Another American up in the prominent headlines of European football. Boy, I tell you what, it's getting good. And you want to talk about another American, a guy I always talk about, and I love to talk about because I love the way he plays and his energy is amazing. His skills are incredible. And that is Christian Plissick. Christian Plissick of the national team, he scored the tying goal for Chelsea in round one of the Champions League against Real Madrid. He was where he was supposed to be. He's an attacking midfielder. Ball came out on a rebound. Christian Plissick was right where he was supposed to be between the penalty spot and the penalty box line. Boom, in the net it went. 1-1, Real Madrid-Chelsea, they go to uh, round two, tied at one. Christian Plissick played a game of his life uh, in that round one. We'll see what he can bring to game two because they're going to be playing at Stamford Bridge. Be an interesting match for sure. Okay, also, of course, in the uh, 
in the league on uh, Champions League. We had PSG and Man City play. This was an interesting game, and it goes to show, I think, why Man City is where they are right now in the EPL. I've talked a lot about Pep Guardiola. This is a very quiet coach when it comes to his players. He's very enthusiastic and demonstrative on the sidelines during a game. But this is a guy who can get into the head of his players. And each one of those players loves this guy. And I can understand why. He's just a real down-to-earth, nice coach to play for. He is a player's coach. And so he took them into PSG, Parc de Prince. Okay, there weren't fans there. If there had been fans there, the scene may have been a little bit different. But okay, you've got an empty stadium, basically. And so they're playing PSG dominated the first half. I'm going to tell you right now, Man City was, was just going about their business and PSG was all over the field, everywhere, everywhere. Well, okay, Marquinhos gets a goal for PSG. He's the uh, Brazilian and on header from the corner kick and uh, a nice goal. And so PSG's up one nothing. Did Man City panic? Oh, no. Oh, no. They go into the locker room, you know, talk about it, regroup, come out. And in the second half, Man City was like a surgeon in an operating room against PSG. PSG got so frustrated toward the end of the game that I think one of their guys got a red card and uh, was you know escorted off the field. But PSG in the second half, Kevin De Bruyne, the captain, he stepped forward. He did everything he could to get that team back on level, and he did. He scored the tying goal. And then Riyad Mahrez. Now, keep that name in mind. When Algeria is in the World Cup, Riyad Mahrez is going to be a guy you need to watch out for. This guy can score. He is really something, and he is part of the reason. He's one of the unsung heroes of Manchester City, and he scored the winning goal uh, for Man City. And so that's why Man City is up 2-1 going into the second round of the uh, Champions League uh, coming up this week. We will give you the particulars on broadcast details here in a few minutes, but uh, Man City is up 2-1 to one on that uh on that series. Now, getting into oh, there's one game I wanted to tell you about from the uh from the uh um La Liga in Spain that happened this past week. Barcelona got handed uh you might say some humility. Okay, they went up against Granada in their stadium. Yeah, that's right, in their stadium. And uh Granada beat them. Granada beat them bad, two to one. Embarrassing. Listen to some of these statistics. Barcelona in the game had 16 shots. Granada had five, okay? Uh, 82% possession for Barcelona, 18% for Granada. 10 fouls for Barcelona, 22 for Granada. So what does that tell you? Granada was playing a physical game and tried to push the limits of what they could get away with, okay? They outfouled Barcelona by two to one. Yellow cards, four of them for Granada, no yellow cards for Barcelona, Six corner kicks for Barcelona, which means they did make penetration into the zone. Only one corner kick for Granada. Granada two, Barcelona one. Barcelona did win a game later on in the week, but that was a very humiliating defeat. And I'll tell you why. Because Barcelona is right now clawing, clawing to try to get to the top of La Liga. And right now there's a log jam. We'll go over the standings in a few minutes. But Barcelona is in the middle of a, of a scramble to try and win that La Liga. And, of course, when you have Messi on your, on your team, not winning the, the title is a bit embarrassing in itself. So that was uh, that was on Thursday, Granada beating Barcelona 2-1. to one. Okay, now, uh, as far as the Europa League uh, is concerned, my goodness, it was kind of interesting. You know, you've got Villarreal going up against Arsenal. 
That's two uh, Spanish coaches, and these guys are really good. Of course, we all know Mikel Arteta, who used to play. He now coaches Arsenal. And you've got Villarreal with Unai Emery, who's done an amazing job there at Villarreal. Well, uh, Villarreal is up two to one, and they're going to go uh, into the uh, into the next round uh, against uh, against Arsenal, and uh, that's going to be at Arsenal. And so that will be an interesting match indeed. Then the other game was a rather a, a blowout, to say the least. Uh, Man United was at home, took advantage of the situation, uh, knew they had to get some goals in order to go on the road. So uh, they went they went hog wild, and Man United beat Roma six to two at Old Trafford. Now, uh, what does that mean? Okay, so Man United is up what four goal advantage going into the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Uh, Roma can score four goals in the Olympic Stadium at home. Uh, there's no problem there. And here's the other thing: Roma's got two goals on the road. Be kind of interesting to see what happens there because the strategy for Old Gunner is going to have to be kind of interesting in that uh, you know. We can't go out there and just kind of like play soccer and just hope the game goes and we, we win. No, it's going to have to be a, a, a little bit of a push, but you can't get too over pushy because if you do, Roma's going to score and start a score fest and then you're, 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 you're in trouble. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Roma is up six, or rather, Man U is up six to two on Roma in the uh, Europa League uh, semifinals there. All right. Let's take a look now at the Mexican playoffs that are going to start this week. And this has got some um, interesting matchups for sure. Santos from Torreon, Mexico. Santos Laguna is going to be up against uh, Carretero for a home-and-home home series. Leon, who won the championship this past time, is going to be up against Toluca, the Red Devils, uh, for a home-and-home home series. Uh, we'll look for Toluca to give Leon a big, a bad time because Toluca is really tough. Uh, Atlas is going to go up against Tigres from Monterrey. And Pachuca is going to go up against Chivas from Guadalajara. So those are the uh, matchups of the first round of the Mexican playoffs. They'll be coming up here this week, and so we'll see how that all plays out. Now, let's go to the uh, European leagues and uh, see where we are at this point. Of course, we talked to you about the EPL. Man City now sits at 80 points with Man United at 67, so that's 13 points, and there's about, what, three weeks left in the season, maybe four. So uh, Man United is just you know, sitting by and you know, they, 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 there's nothing they can do, okay? But there is a scramble going on for the Europa League position in the EPL. Tottenham, of course, minus Josie Mourinho, because he got run out of town. Uh, Tottenham now sits in the Europa League position at this point in the EPL. But West Ham, Liverpool, and Everton all have a shot at getting into that area. Now, David Moyes, unfortunately, lost two games this week with West Ham. That kind of you know, set them back a little bit, but they're still only one point out of that uh, Europa League uh, bid. And if he could get them into Europa League, that would be a big move because West Ham, as you know, last year was whew, down way down in the standings before David Moyes actually rescued them. So uh, Chelsea sitting at 61, they're in fourth place in EPL, and that's the last position for Champions League. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's done a great job there since Frank Lampard left. Okay, uh, Liverpool is at 54 points, and they're two spots behind that Europa League spot. Of course, they won the EPL last year, and uh, so we'll see what Jurgen Klopp can do. And Everton got an outside shot uh, there at 52 points. All right, Liga from France. Boy, this has been a really tight race, and it continues to be a tight race, and it probably will be a tight race until the end. Lille still on top at 76 points. PSG cannot catch them. At this point, now it, that could happen. You know that could change next week. 
Okay, PSG is at 75, so it's one point behind. Then you've got Monaco at 71. Now, Monaco in the league, uh, the top two positions are only Champions League, and then the third-place position is Europa League. Fourth place is Europa play-in. In other words, Europa group stage before you get into the uh, Europa League actual uh, playoff. Okay, so you've got Monaco at 71 points. They could still overtake PSG if there's a, an injury or something happens with PSG and they lose a couple of games in a row. Monaco gets a couple of wins. Monaco could move into second place, okay? Uh, Lyon is at 70 points. And so Lyon and Monaco at this point are battling it out for that uh, Europa League position. Uh, who's going to play? Uh, who's going to get into the actual uh, Europa League and who's going to get into the play-in? So there's a battle going, two battles going on there, one for the title of Lyon and one for Europa League. So uh, we'll see what happens. But Lille has done a great job this year. They have played some magnificent football and have not disappointed their fans at all. Okay, moving on to the Bundesliga down here in Germany. Bayern Munich at 71, RB Leipzig at 64. Of course, we uh, talked about a few minutes ago the uh, changing of the guard, so to speak, of the two teams. But Bayern Munich has played, as usual, their fantastic uh, year. Uh, Lewandowski from Poland obviously has been a big uh, factor there. And RB Leipzig, uh, 64 points. Nagelsmann did a great job with this team. Uh, you know, when you're up against a Bayern Munich uh, above you and you try to keep pace with them, which he has done, uh, yeah, there's a seven-point deficit right now, but let, let, let's look at the talent. And uh, he's done a great job. So Leipzig will be, of course, in Champions League next year, it appears, at this point. Wolfsburg is at third place with 57 points. And, uh, again, a great job by Wolfsburg getting up into third place. And Eintracht Frankfurt sits at fourth uh, with 56 points. Then Dortmund is in fifth place with 55 points, and that's where the Europa League spot is for the Bundesliga. So uh, if Dortmund can put together a string of a couple of wins and knock either uh, Wolfsburg or Eintracht Frankfurt down, then uh, Dortmund can get into the Champions League. But at this point, they're sitting at the Europa League spot, and there's one point separating them with Eintracht Frankfurt, which is the last Champions League spot. And uh, Eintracht Frankfurt and Wolfsburg are one point apart. So it's kind of tight down there uh, in the third and fourth spots there at the Bundesliga. Serie A, Italy, and of course Inter Milan, we talked about them. 82 points was their total with the one that they won with. Atalanta, second place, 69 points, and Juventus, 69, AC Milan at 69 points. So you've got a scramble going on as to who's going to be where in the standings. They're all in Champions League, but uh, I know that uh, maybe Juventus would like to be in second place, okay? Uh, AC Milan would also like to maybe be up in the standings too. I know the AC Milan fans are not handling it well regarding uh, Inter Milan winning the Scudetto. But uh, that's the way it goes, okay? But I haven't heard of any riots in Milan, have you? Okay, very good. Point made. So um, at that point, we've got the, four, the top four in the Serie A sitting there. Now, the Europa League spot in Serie A is a uh, battle between Napoli and Lazio. Roma, unfortunately, has had a couple of bad uh, defeats in uh, Serie A, and so they have dropped down a little bit. So they're kind of out of the running for the moment. So the Roma fans are going to have to understand that, hey, they gave it a good shot, but Lazio has just had a better year this year. So Lazio is uh, right now sitting uh, in the sixth position, and uh, they're looking real. Uh, they're looking uh, not bad for uh, Europa League. Napoli, though, is a strong team, and do not count them out. All right, let's go down to Spain. La Liga, Atletico Madrid, 76 points with Diego Simeone leading this team right down the road. But Real Madrid and Barcelona are going to have something to say about that. They're both at 74, and Sevilla at 70. Do not count Sevilla out by any stretch of the imagination. This is a strong young team. And they are doing a, a great job. 
so they're right now uh, sitting at the bottom of the uh, Champions League uh, table uh, for uh, La Liga. But uh, any string of losses and Sevilla could move right up. So uh, you've got four teams right there. Then there's a big gap of 17 points uh, with fifth place with Real Sociedad, Villarreal, and Real Betis. They're uh, sitting there now. Real Sociedad and Villarreal are sitting in the uh, Europa League slots right now, but Real Betis is right there behind them. And again, well, I can't tell you, but a great job Real Betis has done this year. So uh, they're uh, sitting right there waiting to go. So it's been a uh, it's been a great year in European soccer, and considering what we've been through, considering what we had to fight through, uh, it's been a great year. We've had some great races, and uh, they're not over yet. La Liga and uh, and uh, La Liga and uh, Liga are still up in the air, and uh, still real close to follow. And so it'll be exciting right down to the end. Now let's get to the games for this week because uh, this is some great stuff coming up. Now on Tuesday, Man City is going to play PSG. That will be at the Etihad in Man in Manchester. That will be at 3 o'clock Eastern Time, CBS Sports Network. Do not miss that game. This will be an amazing game, okay? if you and, and, and if you're a soccer purist like I am, watch the way Man City takes apart PSG with their passing. The passing that Man City puts together on that field is amazing. Now, again, somebody made a point here the other day, and I kind of agree with them. With Man City, you have a team, and that's partially because of Pep Guardiola the way he talks to these guys, the way he brings them along. With PSG, you've got 11 individuals. Some of them are superstars. You can't win a game like that with individuals. Okay, game team I played on, we were always together. We always knew what each other was doing. We communicated with each other. I want PSG to do some more communicating, okay? This is a very talented team, but this is a team that got taken apart in the second half by Man City down at the Parc de Princes. Uh, I, I expect a better effort overall team-wise by PSG this coming Tuesday. 3 o'clock Eastern Time, CBS Sports Network from the Etihad. On Wednesday, Chelsea will host Real Madrid. That will be at Stamford Bridge. What a job Thomas Tuchel has done there at Chelsea, right? <laughs> Look for Christian Plissick. He's going to be right there in the middle. And let me tell you what, I, I, I really think this guy is going to take Chelsea and move him down the road. I really do. Okay, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, CBS Sports Network on Wednesday. Chelsea, Real Madrid. Don't miss it. Thursday, we've got the Europa League uh, semifinal second leg. We've got Arsenal and Villarreal playing at Arsenal. Uh, that's a 2-1 advantage for Villarreal. We'll see if Arsenal can overcome that. Now, in the other game, it's going to be Roma and Manchester United. Manchester United up 6-2. They're playing at the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Okay, that's a big deficit, but we'll see how it plays out because uh, don't count Roma out. These people are proud of their team. They're proud of who they are. They're proud of who they represent. And uh, Manchester United better be ready for a fight, even though that they're up four goals. Okay, now, for those of you who are interested, the uh, Champions League finals will be played in Istanbul. Uh, beautiful stadium there. I don't know about the capacity that's going to be allowed there at this time. We will check on that this week. However, I have been able to gather some information about the Europa League final, which is going to be played in Gdansk, Poland. We all know where Gdansk is, right? Of course, we should from our history. That's where Lech Valenza started the ultimate um, beginning of the fall of communism. And uh, Gdansk is a very now famous uh, city in world history. Uh, Gdansk Stadium will allow 9,500 people for the Europa League final. And uh, should be an interesting game for sure. Uh, if Man United and Arsenal play, that will be a, a matchup. That will be a real matchup. If the other two play, 
Oh, my goodness. That'll be a great matchup, too. So anyway, you look at it, it's going to be good football at the end. So um, that's it for um, Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Merci beaucoup. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. And muito um, obrigado. Lauren McClay is our executive producer. John Dang handles our sound. And DC McClay handles our ideas department. Great football coming up this week. Don't miss it. And we will see you next week. Once again, thank you so much. And please, don't let your life have too many yellow cards. <laughs>